with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. But I'd also say that uh, all the OU fans that are there, maybe about 95% of them didn't go to college at OU, but 100% of the OSU fans that are in my town, all of them went to OSU. So we have a little, we're a little bit more loyal and true at our fan base here, but you know, they're just a bunch of bandwagoners for sure. There's the big comment of the day. Oklahoma State offensive lineman Dalton Cooper from Prague, Oklahoma said, quote, talking about his hometown and the fan bases there. I'd also say that uh, all the OU fans that are there, maybe about 90, 95% of them, didn't go to college at OU, but 100% of the OSU fans that are in my town, all of them went to OSU. They're just a bunch of bandwagoners for sure, talking about OU fans. OU fans haven't liked that today, and Travis, as we've been laughing at uh, really all day today, OU fans have been pulling receipts from uh, this guy's uh, Twitter account, Dalton Cooper, and they even found one where he uh, is despising the color that he will be wearing on Saturday, the color orange. Yeah, I mean, said orange is an ugly color. He's a big OU. Like, going through his feet, apparently, I, I, I saw all kinds of screenshots. He's a big OU fan. Even Hollywood Brown took notice of his complimentary tweets towards him at an OU spring game he was attending and quote tweeted it out so again we are the home of Sooner fans whether you graduated from Oklahoma whether you did not and even if you play offensive line for Oklahoma State still all Sooner fans yeah yeah I hope he's celebrating after uh, OU wins the Big 12 championship this year hopefully they win a Big 12 championship but maybe Dalton Cooper will be wearing a uh Big to OU Big Twelve Championship T-shirt if it happens there in early December, right? So it uh, he he thought he was being funny last night. I don't think very many people wearing crimson found it funny, and people have brought up some old tweets. And it doesn't feel like a, like sometimes trash talk is in all you know fun like whatever. This that hasn't necessarily worked out for Dalton Cooper uh, just because of the old tweets that people have pulled up today. It's been quite the ride. Yeah, and my thing is he hasn't at least as far as I've seen, um, text line can let me know. But uh, I haven't seen that he's been active on Twitter today, like just from likes or anything like that. You know whenever he finally opens up the app, I'm, he, I'm sure he's been at practice all day in class and this, that, and the other. When he opens up that app, oh, my gosh. He's yeah. going to have, Tyler, he's going to have thousands of notifications. And I don't even know what you do at that point. Yeah, I mean, look, it's just a lame line is what it is, and that's why he's catching heat today. And I know that most, if not all, fan bases have a lame line or they do something that's kind of lame to their rival. Like, whatever. But to insinuate that you can't be a fan or you're not a real fan if you don't actually attend the university that you cheer for is, it's quite stupid. I think it's stupid in any scenario, Travis, but it's definitely stupid when for the majority of this state's history, you haven't had a professional franchise, and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State football have been the two biggest entities in state. So to say that you can't root for OU unless you attended school there, I, it, regardless of how many pro teams are in the state, it's, it's just he's not the only one that says it. Their fan base says it. It's just it's a dumb line. It's a lame line. It's what it is. It's, it's yeah, and it, like I said, it's a cell phone. It is it is them saying that nobody would have any reason to root for OSU football unless they made 
you know, financial contributions there and got their education there. Like, like it is, it is just weird to brag about the lack of appeal you have. But it, it's just, it, it's the exact same argument as Texas fans saying that, oh, the only reason you guys are good is because you got a bunch of Texas players. Yeah. Why are you bragging about your own lack of appeal? Yeah, that's, that's a compared to Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Like. I just, I people, just don't people get like it, to man. root like, for winners, don't... man. People like to root for winners, and OU has dominated the state. It's ninety-one, nineteen to seven. That's one of the, yeah. one of the reasons. One of the reasons why the bigger fan base wears crimson. It's just, nah, it's a dumb comment. Yeah, you know who else has a lot of fans? Alabama, Georgia, the Yankees, the Lakers, the Celtics. Like, you, like you have a you, you have big fan bases because you keep winning. Like. I just it's a dumb argument and it's one that people continue to make without like do we are we going to get Tyler are we going to get to year like 2026 where finally Oklahoma State fans are just realize that how dumb they sound and that's not an argument that they're willing to make anymore no. or is this going to be throughout our entire lives depends on if they have any other ammo like if OU goes into the SEC and they fare quite well and they end up winning a national championship they'll stick with that but in the meantime, if like if OU struggles, they'll transition to yeah, went to a big boy league, getting exposed now. Like that'll be one of their new lines. Is if OU struggles in the SEC, I I, I don't know. Maybe not. Who knows? Who cares? But it's it's, it's, it's just stupid. It's just very dumb when you walk it out, and yet everybody oh shots fired. All right, uh, sure it backfired. Yeah, it's just he he, he said this also a uh, a month ago. This is more Dalton Cooper. Offensive lineman from Oklahoma State. I, I grew up in Oklahoma, like an Oklahoma fan, like both both teams. You know, like I didn't want to see just anything but Texas teams winning. I did not want any Texas teams winning. That was any of them. But I mean, whoever, you know, they actually uh, after I committed to Oklahoma State, uh, Coach Venables followed me on Twitter, and I was like a little late for that, buddy. You know, I'm already I'm already here, so I'm trying to pull a little late recruit, but we're good now. Yeah, I'm hey. where I want to be, so. He rooted for uh, both teams in state, which I don't like that person that roots for. Pick a side, man, all right? I root for the state unless they play each other. No, to me, you pick a side. Pick a side of the rivalry that you want to support. But he said he rooted for both, and I saw a tweet earlier today from him that said, just saying, orange is easily the worst color back in 2018. So it doesn't sound like it there, Dalton. Right. It It doesn't make any sense, man. He says, well, I've just always been a fan of the state teams. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's just assume that that's true. Let's assume that that's true. Well, now you say you don't like Texas teams. Okay, but you went to play for a school in Texas. <laughs> the name Texas was in the, the school that you played then, for, yeah. And then transferred to Oklahoma State after saying orange is ugly. And you're now photos of you in OU shirts and OU hats and on the OU sidelines and all this kind of stuff like he just keeps on digging and digging and digging, and it's it just gets worse and worse. And, you know, he, he what annoys me is he brings up that Brent Venables thing at the end. And, oh, man, Brent Venables followed me, but, you know, too late, man, some late recruiting. Did, was there an offer? Did he Is all that he did follow you on Twitter? Because if that's the case, and, I mean, it seems like it was or else he would have said more, that's not recruiting necessarily. And... From the looks of his social media, if Brett Venables would have called and said, hey, we got a spot for you to Norman, there would have been a, 
a Dalton-sized hole in the wall there in Stillwater, and he'd have been booking it to Norman. The uh, trash talk has been used quite a bit today out there to describe the uh, the comments, and, and, and yeah, that's that's what it is, I, I guess. Bedlam trash talk. It feels like it's more trash talk to the fans. I don't feel like this is bulletin board material for OU going into this game. And honestly, man, even if this even if this isn't bulletin board material and something else happens later in the week. You shouldn't need anything like that to get you focused uh, for this game. It's a big game well, with big implications. You played like junk the past two weeks. This team shouldn't need anything to get ready to play on Saturday. Yeah, it's, man, like, just post the Kansas score. Like, just, like post other – there's nothing about – honestly, there's nothing that's been said in the media so far at least. I mean, you had Gundy's talk about um, the Boz, which, again, has nothing to do with this team. And it really, I mean, it was just kind of bringing up some old stuff. And then you've got this stuff, which really isn't anything about play on the field or anything like that. So as far as, like, traditional bulletin board material goes, Tyler, just put up the Kansas box score and leave it at that. That's uh, all you need. Jeff Lebby should have some, uh, you know, he, he shouldn't need any motivation going into this game as well, right? He's got all the motivation he needs from the fan reactions here the uh, past few days. But it is a... Um, it's a big game for the team. It's a big game for the program. It's a big game for Jeff Levy. It's just a it's a big game from everyone. And can you think of the last time that we've talked about the offensive coordinator? Like, I think the guy calling plays offensively is always going to be a big factor in the game. But it really feels like if Jeff Levy is good, oh, you'll be fine and, you know, maybe should win the game. But if Jeff Levy is bad like he was last week, it's going to be really, really tough for OU to win this football game. Like, I feel like we are factoring in the offensive coordinator into our score predictions more than maybe we have in quite some time because that's that's how hot of a topic it is. Well, I think the last time we did it, Tyler, was post-SMU. Yeah, it was post-SMU, but the Tulsa game, you didn't really think the next right, week right, right, that right. you had a chance to lose the game, right? Like this, Right, no, I get that point, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think with that, and that's what's so weird about it, Tyler, right? is you've got you've got Jeff Levy calling a great game against Texas, you know, doing big things. Like, we've seen him call really good games. And then all of a sudden, it's like it's like he's he, he lets us get too comfortable or something like that, and he's like, no, nah, no, nah, i got to remind these people how bad it could be if they didn't have me. Let me show them. It's just odd. You know what I, I would like to talk about Saturday after the game is the question that we've had so far this week that seemingly nobody can find an answer to. What's the offensive identity? I think like if you want to talk about best-case scenarios for Saturday, I think there's a lot of best-case scenarios for Saturday. Obviously, it's to win the game first and foremost. But wouldn't it be nice if we're sitting around at 6.30 on Saturday night and saying, you know what, it was just one game? But I think we finally started to see what the identity of this offense is, which is running the ball downhill with success and hitting on some explosive plays over the top. Because I think that that's what this offense needs to be. I think it's what it can be best at. But if you're asking me right now what the identity of this offense is, I don't know. I just hope it turns into one that can run the ball consistently and hit on big plays over the top in the passing game with the deep ball. Yeah, I mean, we got kind of part of that, right, against Kansas. I mean, we were talking pregame uh, on Friday. The Kansas said, you know, what does it need to look like? It's like, run the ball. Come out and run the ball. And, Tyler, we ran the ball like crazy 
I mean, maybe our best rushing outing, at least individually our best rushing outing, uh, but as a team our best rushing outing of the year. Obviously conditions played a large factor in that, and, man, that's what we wanted to see, right? But we just didn't We didn't think that Dylan Gabriel would throw the least amount of passes uh, in his career in games that he actually played start to finish in. Like, we, did, we didn't factor that in, and uh, I guess we've got to say that from now on. I don't know. So, okay, yeah, um, we want a dominant run game and – for Dylan Gabriel to attack downfield. Let's let's make sure and cover our bases this time around, Tyler. Softball Steve, yeah, exactly. Softball Steve says, Jeffrey needs to be on the sideline this time calling plays next to BV where he can be more hands-on up front and close to the action. Yeah, I'm not I'm not there yet, Steve. I, I think he's fine in, in the press box. I don't think that's a huge difference one way or the other. Like, if BV's got a problem with the plays that he's calling – all he's got to do is yell into the headset. I mean, that's that's it. So sidelines, up in the box, booth, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a huge. Deal. I don't think he needs to move to the sideline. They got plenty yeah. of people down there on the sideline uh, at this point. Yeah, between you know all of our support staff, Connor Stallions, um, <laughs> players. You know, there's already plenty of people on our sidelines. So I, I think you know, I think upstairs, it, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Like you said, headset wise. Um, I thought the rest of the text, Tyler, was going to be he needs to be down there just so Brent Venables can smack him if he needs to, uh, yeah. if he's not running it like he wants to or not throwing it like he I wants to. I think softball, Steve, that's the second part of his text that's, uh, that's about to come in. But it does kind of bring up an interesting potential question. Um, if the game play calling-wise is not going well, and I'd be surprised, okay, if in the first 15 minutes of the game they run like three jet sweeps, but – if the game's not being called well, not to the level that Brent Vittables wants it, not that he seems like he micromanages the offensive staff, it's really the exact opposite. Like, do you get to a point this week where Brent lets his thoughts and opinions be known uh, through the headset during the game? I think a lot would have to happen for that to be the case, but given all the pressure this week, I don't know what that looks like, but I guess anything's possible when we're talking about a game of this magnitude. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, in Brent Venables, um, you know, in his press availability, whether that be Monday night at Rudy's on these airwaves um, or whether that's, you know, during his press conference, post-game, anything like that, very like he's he will say, like he'll answer questions about the offense being more aggressive or, you know, what things we're thinking. But so often, like, he's like, well, it's really on me. I blew it. If I call – you know, a, a timeout there on fourth and six, like, you know, give our defense an opportunity to go win the game. But, like, like I the deep, the only reason that I think Venables would do it, like, would, you know, kind of put himself in that situation is if the defense is just on fire. Like, if they're pitching a shutout, but the offense, maybe they have a scoop and score or a pick six. So we're losing the game, but the defense is playing incredibly. Like I think that's the only time. But Brent right. Venables is very much a guy that, like, pays attention to his own warts, and you know, for better or for worse, largely lets uh, everybody else deal with the rest. If uh, if he did do it, he would say the exact three words that we yell at our TV from time to time: "Run the damn ball." That's probably what he's yelling in the. Uh headset if he's yelling anything at that point yeah but it but it's interesting though because or throw it deep yeah exactly like that's what like i'm i'm all in on the run the damn ball situation like i'm all in like i got the hat and everything but like we ran the ball last game and what do we do we're all whining that we didn't throw the ball enough so um 
I don't know, uh, maybe just move the ball. Maybe that should be the phrase, something like that. Like, like be be a bit more balanced. I don't know. There's got to be some be vertical. Be vertical. Ver- be vertical. Vertical. The Downhill. damn ball. Yes. Down. Yeah. Yeah. North south. North south. Something like that. Because no east west. Um, because yeah, when you you know when you run the ball like we did and still lose, I mean, I mean, you're we talk about running the ball. We had our best rushing performance of the entire season, and Levy's taking more heat than he ever has before. It's true. It's crazy. Uh, what's what a go- world. What's going on at Andy B's in Tulsa? Man, we got we got Christmas music coming from the kitchen right now. That's uh, I'm sure some people can hear. It's pretty wild. Already, Mariah Carey season. Let's go. But um, yeah, a lot of people coming in. Um, we've got obviously the Oklahoma City location opening up on Friday. That's one one nine one seven North Pennsylvania Avenue. Opening weekend in Oklahoma City. So definitely go check that out. Uh, they've got. Awesome stuff going on here all the time, but specifically on Wednesdays, like tonight, they've got that service industry night, 7 p.m. to close. Um, it's $7 unlimited bowling, which seems insane. I've actually got that checked a couple times. $7 unlimited bowling and uh, beer and food specials, obviously. Kids eat free on Wednesdays uh, with the purchase of an adult entree. they got all kinds of people walking in, young, old, everywhere in between. They've got the, the full. They've got the bar. They've got you know all the arcade games you would ever need. Escape rooms, just all all kinds of stuff. You can get ten dollars in free play by texting Bowl Tulsa to eight three three four four seven one 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 four. Ten dollars in free play. Not a lot's free in this world, Tyler. No, um, I just wanted to bring up a, a text by Shark before we hit a break because it's yeah we're we're talking north south north south vertical north south. Uh, the Boone Pickens Stadium does it's it's east west like one of the only stadiums in college football that sits the uh, the wrong way of most college football stadiums. So Shark says we need east west this weekend. Yeah, it is east west up there, which is uh, interesting. Always found that well, that's fascinating. What, yeah, they develop the grass that we use, right? That the Super Bowl used. All this. They're an ag school. They're literally. I mean, they they are known for developing incredible grass. Yet they can't use it because they put their stadium the wrong way. 405-651-3439. More of your text coming up next. Who's got a bold take for Saturday, huh? Let us know on the text line. We'll get to those and uh, more OU football as well right here on The Ref. This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior. Your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs. Visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. This week's Bedlam game is massive for OU. And that's going to be as difficult a game to win as they have had in a long time. Two reasons. One is... Oklahoma State is playing so much better. Found a run game. Gundy figured it out like he has done time after time with the Cowboys. And it's on the road, and they will be out for blood. OU, quote, you know, blew up the conference, blew up the rivalries, leaving them to the SEC, left them for dead. Like, that place is going to be crazy. And now OU basically has to win it. If they don't win... Oklahoma State's in great position to be a team representative in the top two in the Big 12 championship game. You can see a scenario if they don't win Saturday where they don't even make the championship game. And after the win in Red River, that would have blown your mind. There's no way you would have 
thought that it could go that direction. Would Joel Klatt say that this is going to be as difficult for a game to for OU to win in a long time? Did I hear that right? Yeah, that sounded that sounded about right. Hmm. It's 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 I don't know. It's it's kind of funny to me that everybody is now just coming around to like the Big Twelve standings. Like yeah. just like like they did like they haven't been paying attention. They're like actually like that's the big national take right now. Is man, folks, you wins, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we've been saying that. Nationally, you know, they they grab onto something, but yeah, this is a huge game, absolutely huge game. Everybody knows that. Yeah, I, he just maybe he just meant in this this game between these two teams, but OU was a dog to Texas, and they would or they were a dog to uh, Florida State in the bowl game last year. But what whatever, it's it'll be a tough game to win. OSU's or excuse me, OU's going to have to play well and. Maybe they play that best game of the year that Brent said that they're going to play at some point because what is the best game that OU's played this year? I know what the best win is. That's pretty obvious, but there were still some mistakes made in that game. Through eight games this year, did something immediately come to mind to you and say, yeah, that was by far and away, that was clearly OU's best performance of the year? Should we eliminate it and just say conference games? Because, I mean, obviously we can say Arkansas State was pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean – like so, so so conference games. Sure. What do you what do you think the best? I mean, given what, you, what Iowa State is right now, maybe probably it's Iowa State. Yeah, probably Iowa State. Yeah, because uh, you know Cincinnati game, some struggles. You know, UCF comes down to the wire. Kansas, you obviously lose. Texas, we've talked about that. I think Iowa State. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Lloyd says, bull take, Ollie Gordon will get less than 100 yards against our defense. Uh, that would bode very well for your chances to win this game. If I think, he, I think you win going away if that happens. That would be the first time in conference play. Well, I can't remember what he did against Iowa State, but it's been a while since Ollie Gordon has rushed for uh, less than 100 yards. Clinton Tulsa says, my hot take, Bothroyd, McCullough, Laulu, Co. All going to have a game for the ages becoming Bedlam legends. Well, dang, that's three offensive linemen and a guy that can roam around the line of scrimmage and make some big plays. If they, if those four have a game for the ages and become Bedlam legends, Ollie Gordon's rushing total is going to be a lot less than the 100 yards that uh, Lloyd just predicted there. Yeah, it's tough for trench guys to become OU legends. Uh, I mean, I guess... And I mean, oh, you! Be- I mean, Bedlam legends. I should say that. I mean, Bedlam legends. Who would you say, Tyler, is the biggest Bedlam legend trench player? Oh my gosh! Because um, of what they did in a Bedlam game. I'm trying to think of a big time defensive line play in this series history, and maybe one will come to mind. But I. No, no one like text line can help out, but no one necessarily immediately comes to mind here. Who, um, right? And, who, that, and that's and that's what I'm saying. It's it's going to be tough. So knowing that, yes, if if multiple trench players become legends, then Tyler, we we might have won this game by a hundred. I mean, the defensive line had a hell of a goal line stand. I mean, it really is the whole defense in 2003. I mean, the game was in hand. It was just. Uh, a big moment to shut them down inside suppose, the two yard line. I think I think probably my answer 
and it's it's because there was extracurriculars, but it would probably be Ronnie Perkins for me. Rolling the ball to their sideline after a big play. <laughs> yeah. Doing that, pushing, was it oh, what was it Spencer Sanders' yeah. mask? I don't, yeah. Where he's pushing it after the play, you know, like, I mean, big, like, I think, I think the closest personally that I can get to it from a, from a defensive line, you know, kind of adding to a legend or something like that is, I think it's Ronnie Perkins because it was either Spencer Sanders or like Chuba Hubbard or somebody that he shoved in the in the face mask afterwards. Well, do you if you want to count Eric Stryker? Didn't Eric Stryker have the like the uh, scoop and score in the 2013 yeah. game where he got yep to stretch it, to tripped, stretch that almost tripped by the cheerleader there? Yeah, it was uh, yeah it was Chuba Hubbard as uh, as Ronnie gets in his face, points him back to his sideline, and then shoves him in the face mask. Yeah, that. That uh, he does yeah, that, but, but, and then it was Buki that gets the unsportsmanlike penalty later yeah. in the game. Go figure, right? <laughs> hey, man, you got a reputation. You got a reputation. Dan Cody in 03 was a sack machine and helped in the goal line stand. That's a uh, that's a good one. Gallimore in 2013. So there we go. We've got some defensive line bedlam legends. But uh, Saturday against their run game be a uh, pretty good time to develop uh, someone else. Okay. Ethan Downs nearly became a uh, dude. That guy's on fire right now. I'll tell you what, man. They need to keep uh, they need to keep feeding him whatever they fed him before Texas. I mean, he's played well. He played well with UC- against UCF. Obviously, was robbed of a, a signature career moment against Kansas, where he was. Yeah. I mean, put him in on goal line situations. Screw it. You need to pick up some yardage. Hand him the ball. Or good put it, lord, put him in in the kickoff return. He, he would have caught it. Did, wasn't he the first player for OU to touch the ball in a game this year? Didn't he catch a short kickoff from Arkansas State this season? You know, that would that sounds like something that you would know. So, yeah, yes. I'm, I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to I thought I'm he caught like the opening you. kickoff or something like that. Um, yeah, Ethan Downs. That. So, uh, no, Ethan Downs is playing the best stretch of football of his career. I don't know if it's the best stretch of football in his career because he had a good first year. Uh, when he kind of first got on the scene. You know who else is kind of quietly starting to play pretty well is is Trace Ford. And at a good time where he's playing his former team. Now, the UCF yeah. game, he had a couple back-to-back plays. He had the offsides penalty. But early in that game, he made back-to-back plays that made you say, wow. And then even in that Kansas game, he had that, uh, what Kansas goes for it in like a fourth and three. He bats the ball down. So I'm not saying it's perfect, but Trace Ford's starting it's- to make an appearance more and more. Trace Ford has been uh, – it's been entertaining, but he has been the most – I don't know if it's snake bit. I don't know if it's just unlucky. Like, what, whatever it is. But you get the penalty against Texas. You're like, ah, oh, dang, that extends the drive. And then against uh, – you know, he on the, on the punt block, he jumps on it and it squirts out the back of the end zone, costs us, you know, five points. And then – Gets tri- has the interception, gets tripped up, which you know, th- you know, maybe you make one man miss, you get the pick six, um, and then, you know, the Kansas game, you talk about it. He he was the one that tipped the ball, that allowed the Kansas player to reestablish himself and pick up that chunk play on the sideline. That was Trace Ford that tipped that ball. So like, just Trace Ford's been really unlucky with with a few plays this year, and I hope. That playing his uh, his previous team, he's able to uh, I don't know carry a rabbit's foot or something. Uh, Okie Tom, who uh, always loves to be uh, critical, 
You don't put defensive line guys on pooch kickoffs on the field. Stupid. Well, I mean, Marcus Stripling was was on the field on uh, Saturday. They, uh, yeah, and it him. looks like looks like Leopold uh, saw that too because yes. they kicked it right to him. And you know, I I'd like to see some tight ends back there. There's no. I, how about this? I bet you we don't see Marcus Stripling standing there again. Yeah, probably not. Um, in terms of players who you could pick to score a touchdown on Saturday, where would uh, Trace Ford rank for you? Would he would he rank at number one? I mean, obviously it'd be a defensive touchdown. It'd be a big play, but. Oh, it'd be yeah. That oh, would be super I would, salty moment for those guys up there if he scores. Well, yeah, and and honestly, he deserves it, man. Like all the stuff they've been talking about him, like especially some of their bigger Twitter accounts that you know calling him a snake and saying that you know just all kinds of stuff. A lot of the same kind of like uh, their softball coach uh, um, said, uh, you know, about Kelly Maxwell, and it's like they've been so just salty this entire time that man i would love for him to have the best game of his career against these guys just don't trip at the one yard line if you've got a uh, clear path to the end zone right yeah or don't squirt it out the back of the end zone (laughs) on a block like just don't tip a ball to a to a osu receiver like again just bad luck stuff like just i don't know what we got to do uh have him carry a rabbit's foot or hopefully he can find a penny with the head facing up, like something like that. We just need Trace Ford to have the... Is located at Norman Regional Moore, 700 South Telephone Road, Suite 201. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet. Text line 405-651-3439. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa with the location coming Friday to OKC, we'll uh, find out a little bit more about Andy Bees and Tolson in just one second. First, Travis, I'll lead you in with this, and this is from T.J. Eckert. Had a very interesting Bedlam stat today. Um, Oklahoma has won Bedlam the last five times they lost the previous week. That fits this time around, right? Last year, they lost to West Virginia on the road, beat Oklahoma State 28-13. 2009. Lost to Texas Tech in Lubbock, beat Oklahoma State 27 0. 2007, lost on the road in Lubbock, beat Oklahoma State 49 17. 05, lost on the road in Lubbock, beat Oklahoma State 42 14. 1999, lost on the road at Lubbock, beat Oklahoma State 44 7. So that's a good stat. Last five times they lost the previous week, they won this game. Sounds like they should have lost in uh, Lubbock uh, instead of Kansas. That's what the history says. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's funny because I right when the game went final, I thought to myself, man, this is the last thing Oklahoma State wanted to see. You wanted to see them take care of business against Kansas, maybe come in a little confident, something like that. Um, but, no, I think I think this team's going to get right, and I think uh, we add 6-0 to that. But also, we'd be remiss uh, if we didn't mention rest in peace to one Bob Knight, who has passed? Um, just uh, oh, got, really? That just broke. Just broke. Wow. Um, Bob Knight has has passed away. 1940 to 2023 at the age of 83. So, rest in peace. Uh, you know, uh, certainly never going to be another one like him. No doubt about that. Yeah, um, I know he wasn't in um, in good shape here, um, but yeah, it's. A lot of memories there with Bob Knight. Even even OU fans have that after the years that he coached at Texas Tech. So, 
man, did not uh, – I, I did not see that until you said that. So I, I agree, man. Rest in peace, yep. Bob Knights. Rest in and, peace, uh, Bob Knight. I do want to uh, say, for those of you I know, we're, we're wrapping up the rush here uh, in the last hour uh, of the show. But for those of you that are looking for something to do tonight in the 405, first-year Oklahoma wrestling coach Roger Kish will be unveiling the uh, this year's uh, OU wrestling team at 7 p.m. at the McCaslin Fieldhouse. Uh, it'll be the Crimson and Cream duel. It's free, Tyler. There's not a lot that is free these days. So it's free. Uh, Sooners are ranked this year in the preseason polls, have a wrestler ranked in the top 25 of each of the 10 weight classes. Um, again, Fieldhouse, 7 p.m. It's free if you're in the Norman area. Go support the Sooners and Roger Kish's first time unveiling the new team. Well, uh, we mentioned Texas Tech and Lubbock, so you know who's on the text line right now, right? That's right, LaDonna from Lubbock there, yeah. LaDonna. Stop with the lost on the road. Stop with the loss on the road to Lubbock. Have we lost that much here? Was Leach the coach? In 99, that was Spike Dyke's uh, last game in uh, Lubbock. But uh, 05, 07, and 09, yeah, Leach was Leach, Leach was the coach for those. Yeah. Yeah, rough. Rough, rough. But, uh, hey, hey the, the point of the stat is to not look back at all the times you've <laughs> lost in Lubbock. It's to say the last five times you've lost before Bedlam. You've won, you've won all of those games, and in most cases, you've won in uh, pretty easy fashion. Pretty easy fashion. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. focus on the winning, LaDonna. Focus on the winning. Uh, 405, Tyler, you're a bit of an odds maker. Over, under, on collapsed lungs, <laughs> one half. Last time OU played Alan Bowman, there was a collapsed lung. I'll, uh, yep. I'll, take, the, I'll take the over on it. Yeah, I will, I will say – um, not specifically to collapsed lungs, but kind of along that injury, uh, you know, injury front. How often, Tyler, do you think we see Oklahoma State players get injured while we're up tempo? Um, every first down, most likely. The the uh, I I would say the UCF strategy. They're not the only one that uh, has tried it this year, but uh, it's it's very clear. This goes back to the offensive identity question, right? It's very clear. OU is at its best. And it is most capable offensively when it's going up tempo. I mean, I, I just that's just kind of that's just the case at this point. That's not ideal, but that's how it is. And I hate it. I think it's chicken. You know what? But some teams or a lot of teams have done it, and it can prove to be effective to try and slow down OU if they like to go tempo that much. So I, we will see it, dude. Yeah, I mean it's. You got to you got to go fast, but the only problem is we're gonna. I think they're gonna run a lot of stuff to the edge, and you know we see it more and more in college football that they're running the guy off late. You know the big. I think who did it? Did Utah do it to USC where they kept running the biggest defensive tackle on and off every single play? I mean, it's it's going to happen. What I'd like to see Tyler is stop subbing so much if you're Oklahoma. Yeah, like you know it's coming, right? Like the. If you, if you don't want people to sub or don't want to, like, just don't sub the entire time. At some point, we're going to hear if they keep faking injuries after a first down. First down, Sooners, Boomer. Oh, God, not again. The PA guy is going to get into it at some point and be mad about it and say not again. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't doubt it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm setting the over-under on OU defender injuries during a – up an ump tempo type feel at three. I think we see at least three stoppages. So um, 
some have been uh, like the whole faking injuries. We've gotten some text about that. I say the text line is more worried about what will or won't be called on Saturday, given the recent history with OU and Big 12 officials. So I would also say just be uh, buckled up for that as well. Well, that's so funny, too, because like at during the media stoppage or during the the game stoppage, I was up uh, in the press box and the KU media was all complaining about the officials saying that they'd be, you know, we'd be blowing out OU if the officials didn't want OU to win so bad. I'm like, what? And it just goes to show you that everybody thinks the officials are screwing them and helping the other team. But I just thought it was real rich that. You know, KU fans that obviously are basketball fans, too, were complaining about Big 12 officials. Yeah, yeah, easy there, guys. Why don't we take a look in the mirror first off? Or a look at the past 25 basketball seasons at home. Sam and Edmund calling my shot. Trace Ford lines up in the backfield inside the five and catches a touchdown pass on Saturday. Oh, that'll be some salt in the wound right there. Trace Ford catches a touchdown pass out of the backfield. Man, I mean, uh, he's a talented guy. But I don't know about the risk-reward there, Tyler, because <laughs> if you throw it to him and he drops it. Oh, God. I mean. That stadium. And, I, of, uh, and I, I know that's not the way to think, right? That's a loser mentality, and, and that should not be promoted. But, man, I'm just trying to think, like, what could go wrong? And if that goes wrong, Trace Ford, I mean, he's going to have a day on Twitter like old Dalton's having right now. Like, it's going to get well, really ugly. Don't, don't act like Jeff Lebby won't catch some criticism for that. Throwing it to a defensive end? <laughs> right? Yeah, it works. It's all roses, you know, and hilarious. But, yeah, if it doesn't, dang it, Jeff Lebby. You mentioned uh, wrestling is free tonight. Thank you, Doug and Norman. I, uh, Sooner, I did know this, actually. just forgot to mention it. Sooner Basketball also opening night with a free Crimson and Cream scrimmage, 7 p.m. at the Lloyd Noble Center tonight. So a lot of, lot of free yeah. going on on campus tonight. A lot of free. Tonight. And then, uh, obviously, Porter Moser has been around seeing the, uh, seeing the Greek houses again, and they're doing a students-only game at McCaslin, which is awesome. Like, I'm thinking of re-enrolling online well, or something. Well, that's the and thing. got a master's Fake IDs, I'm sure, are still a thing. Who's going to try to get a fake student ID for that game? I think Anyone? I still have I think I still have my OU student ID. So as long as they haven't changed them, I think I, I should be able to get in. I need to find that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll just – I'll just hold it. Uh, I'll cover up the picture with my uh, with my hand while I'm. Uh, I might need to shave or something. Somebody like that. Somebody go get a uh, McLovin uh, fake ID. Nice. Put that photo on a student ID. See what happens. All nice. Right. Final segment of the day coming up next right here on the Ref. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. If you're in your 40s or older and you're thinking about improving your vision, let me introduce you to the new LASIK, or as we like to call it, lens replacement. Lens replacement provides a permanent solution to your vision needs, unlike LASIK, which often leads patients needing reading glasses or adjusting to monovision. Here's the best part. With lens replacement, you'll never require cataract surgery. Lens replacement, the new LASIK. It's a major leap forward in vision correction. So if you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK available. Hey, it's Mike Steely here for my friends at Afford. Door. Score a win for your home by signing up for the Affordable Door Annual Maintenance Plan. For just $119, you can make sure all aspects of your garage door are operating properly so you don't have to replace your door or motor prematurely. Call Affordable Door today at 405-635-9499. The official garage door of the Oklahoma Sooners. 
Final segment of the day, wrapping it up on this Wednesday. It is the Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis has been at Andy B's in Tulsa today. Location opening in, in OKC on Friday, which is uh, awesome. Go by and see him. Arizona Brooks says, can we get a D-backs shout-out? Longhorns, Rangers, all Texas sucks, LMAO. You know who that sounds like, right? Sounds like Dalton Cooper, who we've been making fun of all just, day today. Just hates the state of Texas. I love it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, uh, I know that there are some at this station, including you, that will be very happy if the Rangers are able to pull it off. I'd started to tune in last night. It was ten nothing. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna turn that off. I don't need to watch that anymore. So yeah, uh, same. Yeah, I was like, eh, I'm. I, I think I did that at like five nothing. Like, okay, I'm done here. I'm good. <laughs> Well, I kept on seeing all injury reports saying, all oh, the Rangers that were out, and I'm like, uh-oh, this might be no good. And then I looked, and I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Well, I, al- I almost had to turn to Maction. Almost. Almost. And that's what we got tonight. <laughs> Two Maction games. It's that point in the year, Wednesday, November 1st. Ball State at Bowling Green and Kent State, Kent State at Akron. So two Mac games for you. Uh, World Series game five is tonight. The Rangers can clinch the World Series, so... Thursday night, uh, tomorrow night, dude, we got a Big 12 game. Uh, Tech, or excuse me, TCU at Tech, which is interesting. Hey, that's the new Big 12 right there, man. I think uh, they're I, about to be playing a lot more Thursday and Friday games. I'll tell you what, you know uh, you know who don't play uh, a lot of Thursday and Friday games? Teams with bandwagon fans. Mm, SEC don't play very many. Thursday yeah, and Friday night games, yeah, weird. A lot I, of loyal, lot of loyal and true on Wednesday nights. I did. Uh, it was not surprising, but I, I did have to laugh a little bit. That hey, no one's really talking about it. Here's just randomly the next four years of Big Twelve football schedules, right? Like out of nowhere. I, I think maybe one person was reporting that there was a chance that it could happen, but no one really knew the time. Boom! Here out of nowhere, we're excited about our conference. Here's the next four schedules. Meanwhile, the SEC made a made a made for TV event where we were all watching just for next year. Who the, what the schedule was going to look like? Right, a bit different a mentality TV, there, huh? It's a TV moment. Like I don't understand why you wouldn't televise that kind of stuff, right? I mean, I would. Like I, I think a lot of that stuff should be televised. I think schedule release should be televised. It's easy money. You've you've got. I mean, it's basically the the. You know the big game boomer list account version of a TV show. You get a bunch of fan bases involved, all in the same thing. And then I think college football playoff committee decision making should be televised. Televise it all, dang it! I um, agree on that. Big 12s would be on ESPN Plus to uh, air their schedule. I'm sure. All right, that'll do it for us. Back for more Bedlam talk tomorrow, right here on the Ref. We're the Homeless Suter fans. Closing.